Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me as scheduled. What was not scheduled on Thursday was hearing from Kyler Murray. He had a lot to say about what's been said about him in recent days. Also, some early impressions of training camp, and when I say early, I mean two practices early. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 572, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed him. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half a 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. Real quick, Danny, your first Cardinals training camp. How's it going so far? It's great. We're indoors. It's air-conditioned. It's, it's the nice smell of freshly cut grass. Getting to hang out with you and all my buddies oh, wow. watching football. Craig, I couldn't ask for anything more. You arrived week... Week four last four. year. Okay. Yes. So this is a brand new experience for you here at State Farm Stadium. Yes. But it's indoors, air-conditioned, a little rain earlier on Thursday, which is nice. So you stay dry, you stay cool. Absolutely. My hair was a little frizzy, but... Oh, boy. Here we go. I, I, th- I think I managed. All right. Are you Yours getting... Yours, too, a little, Craig, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Are you getting your lunch? Because as we've established here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Danny Sarek must eat before... No, excuse me. Afternoon, not before. Usually, noon. you know what though, it, it is changing a little bit just because the schedule is you know changing every day. You know what though, I could be known for worse things than somebody <laughs> who enjoys eating lunch. So if that's what I'm known for, that's what I'm known for. I have been eating lunch the last two days. Lunch has been delicious. So thank you for making sure I am well fed. Well, this much I can say, Bird Gang, we will not question Danny Sarek's work ethic here over her first season with the Arizona Cardinals. Plenty, though, have questioned the work ethic of one Kyler Murray. And let's peel back the curtain a little bit here on this Thursday. Usually, right before the start of practice, we get an update on who is addressing the media. And on Thursday, it was going to be Cliff Kingsbury, who talks every single day, plus two players, J.J. Watt and Antoine Wesley. Well, those two did speak. But we had a third player walk into the interview room, Danny. Kyler Murray, who was none too pleased had plenty to say, spoke for four and a half minutes straight on what has been talked about him over the last several days. He walked in, went right to the podium, and started talking before anybody could even take a breath to start asking him a question. He was very passionate about what he had to say with the media that has questioned his work ethic, and his passion lately when it came out about the clause in his contract that he has to watch a certain number of hours of film every week. And I really appreciated that he did this. This is not something, at least in the almost year that I've been here, that I have really seen out of Kyler Murray. And somebody even asked, you know, is this a new Kyler? And he'd said, if this had happened three years ago, I would have been out here and saying the same thing. He's just a very private person with how he addresses himself to the media, on social media, all of that. We understand that. So the fact that he came out and just started with this four and a half minute, essentially monologue, defending himself, says a lot about how passionate he is and how much he wants to defend his work ethic. And I thought that was really interesting was the words he used almost right off the top 
was saying, The fact that people think he has accomplished all that he has and not be a student of the game and not have the passion to take this job seriously is disrespectful and laughable and almost a joke. And he said, at my size, he goes, I'm almost flattered that the media thinks that I could go out there at my size and play without preparing the the way that I need to play, that this game is too hard, the position he plays is too hard to not put in that work to go and be successful. He's not 6'7", he's 5'10", and he's referenced his own height now a couple of different times, earlier on Thursday and then also when the introductory, or not the introductory press conference, but when the press conference to announce his contract was going on. He brought it up. And I'll, like you, I'll give him credit for standing up and defending himself. He listed his accolades and he went all the way back to high school, undefeated, state champion, winning the Heisman, what he's accomplished here in the National Football League. So I get it. His character wasn't attacked, but his work ethic, what he does for a living, his passion for the game, and just being able to be successful on Sundays. And he's absolutely right. You cannot roll out of bed and be as successful as Kyler Murray. Even if you're as talented as he is. Correct. It takes work. Now, how much does it take? That is what has been on people's minds. And shoot, Kingsbury brought it up. We've heard different players talk about it. Everyone learns studies differently. What might take you an hour to get done might take me four hours to get done. Everyone learns and studies at their own rate. But what has happened over the last week since this four-hour independent study addendum has leaked out There's been plenty of reaction. Current players, former players, talking heads across locally and nationally. And we were curious, would Kyler Murray speak sooner rather than later and address this? Because the longer you don't, the more buildup. And at some point, he would have to address this. He has and now he hopes to put it behind him. There were no, it wasn't going to take a lot of follow-up questions. So there are still questions that people have. Yet at the same time, he has addressed it, now hopes it's all about X's and O's and what happens on the field. And he clearly felt some type of way about this. I mean, it was, he even said it was an eventful offseason, right? But with everything leading up to this contract extension, he was quiet. The few times he did speak, he was very adamant about his desire to stay in Arizona Cardinal. We'll give him that. But... The, he was he was saying in this press conference on Thursday that to go from this high of getting this contract extension that you've worked so hard for and celebrating that with the people who have had your back since day one, his close friends and his family, to then days later be almost brought all the way back down and, and trying to go back and forth on all of this, he just wanted to come out and defend his work ethic and his passion because he was saying that's what he doesn't want to be questioned. It was asked, there were attempts to ask whether he was upset or if there was pushback on having this study clause in his contract, and he would not answer that. But you had to have thought, if you are a player or even just someone in the workforce and you sign a contract, whatever you're putting your name to and that's written on that contract, it's fair game you're going to get asked questions about. So it's still something that's out there, and whether you choose to believe it or not, four hours, eight hours, whatever it is, I never thought Kyler Murray wasn't putting in enough work, but there's obviously someone with the Arizona Cardinals organization that does believe that 
Otherwise, you wouldn't put that in the contract. Or maybe not doing enough work, but maybe more of an emphasis on the film study, which is just, you know, it's, it's just, I agree with you. I think that if you're going to have a contract, especially a contract of this magnitude, I think it's fair for both sides if you are set on something to, to fight for what you think is fair. And if you can get that in, then you can get that in. So I'm not necessarily saying it was wrong from one side or the other. You know, clearly one side felt really strongly about this. So I think with this contract, that's fair if that's your expectation to have that be in there. And at the end of the day, you're talking about $46.1 million a year over this five-year extension. Hey, I'll do whatever you need me to do (laughs) in order to get that paycheck every two weeks. So hopefully, again, this is not going to be put to bed, but at least we've got we've reached the next stage of this conversation, which I'm sure is going to come up repeatedly during the course of this season. But here's what's interesting about we, we know this is going to be brought up. How will we know if Kyler Murray goes out and has a fantastic game? or has a horrible game, if that had anything to do with how much film he watched. That's what's interesting to me of knowing this is going to be a reoccurring topic from the media. How are we with our naked eye watching the game and not being in in these film rooms with him and throughout the week with this team, how are we going to quantify that these extra four hours are what's going to take Kyler Murray to the next level? Now, if he's studying more, you, yeah, you would imagine that, you know, that's probably going to help his game. But it's just curious to me that I know this is this topic is going to keep coming up. But how is anybody going to point at the fact that it was those four hours of extra film study this week that led Kyler Murray and his team to a victory? I don't I'm, I'm it's just a question that I, I don't know how anybody's I know it's going to come up and I don't really know how anyone's going to be able to point to that. The only one who can answer that question is Kyler himself. Can he look at himself in the mirror post-game after a loss? Did I do everything in my power during the days leading up to this game to put us in position to be successful and give us an opportunity to win? That's all you can, that's all you can ask for. If you can look at yourself in the mirror, then what everyone else around you thinks or says or does doesn't matter. And that, through the first three seasons of Kyler Murray – that outside noise and criticism, he either doesn't pay attention to it or doesn't care. But this, this really bothered him because it made it sound like, one, he's not working hard enough, and two, he makes it look like it's so easy that he doesn't need to put in the work, which he called disrespectful. And again, an insult to his peers, the others that maybe don't have the arm talent or the skill set that he possesses. So it's fascinating. Again, was not expecting this on Thursday, on day two, really day three, but day two here of Cardinals training camp. We're just going with the punches, Craig. Because this happened after, and you talk about a tale of two different press conferences. J.J. Watt was on fire. I don't know what he had for breakfast, but he was feeling good talking to the media. It started immediately, asked about the guardian helmets, the caps that these players, the offense, defensive linemen, and linebackers are wearing during the course of practice. On top of the helmets they're already wearing. He was joking about that, thought he was going to get fined. Roger Goodell was going to get this press conference, and all of a sudden he was going to be docked 25000 40000 But he was in a good mood. Now, was that because it's early in training camp, not much has happened 
But J.J. Watt is typically, as Kingsbury referenced, on during these press conference. But it was a very happy-go-lucky J.J. Watt who actually admitted he missed us, Danny. That he How could he not, Craig? Welcoming us back as far as the media is concerned and the questions that he receives. So, yeah, I was – when you when you when you take a step back and look at what Kyler Murray did for four and a half minutes at the start of his press conference, and then J.J. Watt the first minute of his press conference, joking and then saying, "Well, you know, I'm not a big fan. I understand why we have to wear these, but uh, yeah, it's it's not the best thing. I feel like a bobblehead." I mean, he used that descriptive term. Yes. Yeah. He it, there was even a question of J.J. Watt is entering year twelve in the league, which is miraculous. And somebody had asked him. What has he learned about preventing injury through the offseason and through training camp? And he kind of chuckled. Like, the question hadn't even been finished being asked. And he was like, well, clearly I haven't <laughs> done a good enough job for it. <laughs> and then he, of course, went and, you know, talking about the workouts he had done with Zach Ertz and with Buddy and, and all the, the great stuff and the great answer. But he was definitely on when he was in a great mood. The donuts came back up with Zach Donut Ertz gate, and how J.J. Yes. Watt – wants the strawberry frosted and Zachary said they didn't have it and JJ didn't believe him. He was definitely in a very good mood. He also did um, spill a little information that he would be having his vet day off so that nobody should be concerned when he's not practicing on Friday. Uh, it's, it's really nice to get to see the kind of laid back, not that they're laid back in camp, but you know, it's not, it's still so early that it's not that intense, those intense padded practices and, the, the real competition as the roster starts to get trimmed. So it's really fun to see that. We saw that a little with wide receiver Antoine Wesley as well. He's always fun, but it, it was it was good energy coming from the press conference room. Even Cliff Kingsbury was a little, uh, a little jokier than normal, I would say. Well, the follow-up to Kingsbury was about those Guardian protective helmet covers, and Kingsbury mentioned, well, it just hurts their swag level a little bit, and that seems to be the one knock – Look, it doesn't make me look good, but it's not to make you look good. It's to protect you out there, at least. And it's mandatory throughout the league for offense, defensive linemen, and linebackers to wear these during the course of a And practice. I believe tight ends as well. Tight ends? Okay. Yes. That I had not seen, but yeah. Tight. So, look, there, there's a reason, and again, it's all about safety, but at the same time, you know, don't look good when you get your picture taken and it posts on azcardinals.com. Craig, you would always look good in the pictures that are taken of you, though. <laughs> I know what you're trying to do, Danny, and it's not going to work here on Cardinals <laughs> Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. One other note on J.J. Watt, he was in such a good move that I believe he thinks, and I don't think he's correct on this, but I believe he thinks he just might have spilled the biggest secrets of all, and that is revealing the gender of his child that is being born here in the next couple of months. I do think it had already been out there, that he is going to have a son. I think he was saying, because somebody had asked when Zach Ertz was coming up with them working out together, of the fact that their paths hadn't really crossed at this point until they both ended up in Arizona and how close they've become. And Jay just said, yeah, you know, Zach and his wife, Julie, are having a baby in the month. I'm having a baby in two or three months. I think he was saying he wasn't sure if he was supposed to spill the beans on the gender of the Ertz baby. However, I will say Zach Ertz's wife, Julie, has posted on Instagram of a baby shower and she is wearing one particular color. I did my research. I couldn't see anything specific about a caption of boy or girl being mentioned, but I will say 
in case it's not supposed to be spilled. If J.J. Watt was correct in that, you can go look at social media and you can probably put two and two together on the gender of the Earth's baby that is soon to be arriving. Work ethic. Again, perfect example <laughs> right there of Danny Sarek's work ethic here over the course of her first year with the Arizona Cardinals. But yeah, it was <laughs> J.J. just kind of chuckling and thinking, and you could just, you could see the wheels turning in his head and as he walked down. He's like, oh, no, what did I just do? Because he joked about, oh, delete that. Don't print that. Don't report Well, he didn't say, oh, no. He said another word that well, we can't say on the podcast. Yes. This, this is a PG podcast here on azcardinals.com. All right. What else? Again, we're very early. Two practices in. And these early practices before the open portion on Saturday – we're only watching the first 20, 25 minutes. It's no different than OTAs, off-season workouts. We're seeing these individual drills. We're not seeing any team-on-team team or seven-on-seven, seven, anything like that, although Cliff Kingsbury did mention that Josh Jackson did pick off a quarterback during seven-on-seven, seven, and Josh Jackson, one of those new corners that the team has added this off-season. But what big takeaways for you of these first couple of practices? I think, first of all, just the vibes around practice. You can tell that the offense is over-exaggerating their celebrations when they score, just the way the defense is exaggerating those big plays. I, uh, I asked Tweezy about in his press conference. He just said, you know, it's, it's fun to have the competition, everyone out there back together and trash-talking and having fun. And I think that's a really underrated, important part of training camp and the fact that this is more of that normal training camp compared to the last couple of years because of COVID restrictions, is building that camaraderie. Look, there are 91 players out here. Not everyone's going to make the roster, but it's so important to build that camaraderie and build that culture now, even if that's through those fun parts of practice and hyping each other up. What has become a storyline also unexpectedly from a press conference Wednesday was when we heard from safety Jalen Thompson. And he mentioned that he has been practicing with the green dot on his helmet, meaning he has that speaker. He can hear the plays and he will be calling the plays on defense. Well, he's been practicing with that speaker in his helmet. He says he's been doing that since the spring and he's never done that before in his career. However, the Cardinals aren't set. He said there's a couple of players that are practicing with that speaker in their helmet. It's interesting. Typically, that role is performed by a middle linebacker. Doesn't have to be. There are plenty of teams that don't do that, and they have safeties called the defense, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on now is how he is going to practice calling this defense and the way that everybody is going to not necessarily rally behind him, but how is he going to handle this leadership? And he said he feels comfortable handling that now. It's just something that has all of a sudden become a storyline very, very early on in training camp and can't forget how important that would be for Jalen Thompson, who is entering a contract year now. Jalen might have spilled a little bit too much during the <laughs> Q&A portion of that topic. And then he was quick to point out, quote, we're just testing it out. Yes. And there are a handful of players. I would think Buda Baker would be one. Nick Vigil would be one. And obviously, Zayvon Collins. And that's why this has become an early story at training camp, because the assumption with Jordan Hicks no longer in the mix Zayvon Collins is your quarterback of the defense. He is going to be the one who calls the defense. That is still something that is going to be figured out over the next several weeks, preseason games, maybe early on in the regular season. Is it Zayvon Collins or is it someone else? 
there are a number of guys who can handle that job. It doesn't have to be Zayvon Collins. That's how I feel. If this coaching staff feels that Zayvon Collins can give his best performance and give his best to this team, not calling the defense in year two, that's fine by me if they think that Jalen Thompson or somebody else can handle that. Again, it doesn't have to be your Mike linebacker doing that. As long as you have the player who can get into the huddle quickly, be loud enough and use the signals properly to make sure everybody's on the same page and get back to their spot, it doesn't have to be the linebacker. I'm not set on, oh, well, the fact that it's not Zayvon Collins and, you know, he's replacing Jordan Hicks who did call the defense like that me like – if, if this is what's best for Zayvon Collins and the fact that some other player can get it done, I have no problem whether or not it's the middle linebacker with the speaker in their helmet. As long as Zayvon Collins is, one, on the football field, and two, contributing in a positive manner defensively, doesn't matter to me, to your point, I agree with you, doesn't matter if he's the one directing everyone else around him. As long as he's contributing then he's just one of the 11 best defensive players on the football field. And that doesn't matter where he was drafted or what the plan initially was. Just make sure he's valuable on the football field for you to make that first-round selection worthy of being a first-round pick. Absolutely. All right. A couple of notes. D.J. Humphreys, we haven't seen him during the open portion of practice. Kingsbury said he is sick, should be available maybe by this weekend. DeAndre Hopkins had a vet day on Thursday. Good to see number 10, though, on the football field on day one, or at least the first practice. There is another takeaway that you and I have noticed immediately, and we're not spilling any beans here. It's just something that one particular player is showing his own work ethic and playing out the play to its fullest. And that is Daryl Williams, number 24 in your program, Ron Wolfley. Every single rep that he is on the field, Danny, with or without the football in his hand, what does he do? He runs to the end zone. It doesn't matter how far away he is. You're right. It doesn't matter if he has the ball or not. You and I, we quickly looked at each other and didn't really say much the first we noticed of, is this going to happen every play? And then we notice it does happen every play. Every single time, Daryl Williams running back is making his way to the end zone, and then he turns around and gets back to where he needs to go. It's not a full sprint. Nope. It's more of a jog, but he hits that white line and turns around and comes back. And that'll be interesting when we get a chance to talk to him, as I wonder how much of that is a mental rep in a sense of, I want to find the end zone every single play that I'm out on the field. Maybe he just wants the extra conditioning. We won't know until we hear from him. And then how much of that is something that maybe uh, Keontae Ingram pays attention to and then, you know, one of those lead-by-example type players and all of a sudden because there's some youth in that running back room. You know, Benjamin, yeah, he's been with the team for a little while but still young as far as number of reps on offense. But you pay attention to what the older guys are doing and then all of a sudden – you make that part of your own style or how you practice and then makes it much easier to get better and it just becomes human nature and you do it every single time. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's going to continue doing it. It's fun to see. He definitely stands out when everyone else is 30, 40 <laughs> yards away from him and he's coming down the end zone by where we're watching practice. Well, two practices in, he's done that. And Berg Gang, if you want to see if it continues, your first chance to see this Arizona Cardinals team in action here at training camp is on Saturday. Go to azcardinals.com for information on how you can be a part of the 10 open practices here at State Farm Stadium. Again, parking. Admission is free, but you need to go to azcardinals.com 
first because digital ticketing is required to be a part of those open practices. So all things considered, Danny, I think a successful two days. Some unexpected news. That's okay, but that's what we're here for. That's why we're here. No, it's been a great two days so far for training camp. I'm excited for the rest of it. And much more on azcardinals.com with Danny, myself, Darren Urban, Kevin Parrish, and everyone else on the content team, Paul Calvisi as well. We've got you covered. Anything and everything you need to know about the Arizona Cardinals training camp 2022, go to azcardinals.com. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Joe Mamahundro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.